Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. As I mentioned, what gets measured gets attention of the C-suite. It's that simple. The C-suite, your executives, your leadership, and you should want data-driven results. Now, we're in HR. We're in recruiting. There's people. There's emotions. There's feelings involved. But in the end, it does come down to data-driven results. That should be the cornerstone of your recruiting plans. Data. Data, 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 and measuring that data. Focusing on data to improve your recruiting outcomes instead of just winging it and spending a lot of money and having everybody frustrated, your internal team and then candidates. Listen, if candidates are upset with your recruiting process, they're going to talk about it on the internet. They're going to talk about it on these job sites, on these, you know, these job boards, um, on social media, and it's going to give your organization a negative marketing feel. So you do not want that. Data always wins over a gut feeling. Data integrity, though, is vital. You need to be using data in decision making. The importance of business analytics is rated close to the importance of reputation and risk management in an organization. That's why we have artificial intelligence everywhere and we're so you know, in tune with the IT infrastructure and uh, regulatory environments. But now business analytics is incredibly impor important. There was a huge uh, survey done by Deloitte in 2019. So this was you know, before the pandemic, so to speak, about becoming an insight-driven organization. And 64% of executives says business analytics, which includes HR and recruiting analytics, is important, very, very important to the organization. Thankfully, we have arrived. You do need to communicate with everyone involved in, in your um, executive slash leadership team how the data was obtained, how the data was confirmed, and how the data will was or will be used. Uh, some of these might be historical items. Some of them might be goals or in the future. Some of your executives are going to want to know every single detail. Some of your executives are going to say, yep, we believe you, no problem. That's up to you to figure it, that out. What I like to do when I'm doing something new and I don't 100% know uh, the personalities of the folks that I'm talking to is I like to dumb it down and give three or four points with statistics on a graph, you know, a shiny report, but then have the backed up report of the 25 pages of this is where all the information came and came from. And that way it satisfies the people who just want high level and it satisfies the folks on the executive team who want a deep dive of where did all this information come from. Um, if you are just starting with data and you haven't really collected data before, that's okay. Uh, you're not gonna have any historical trends, but that's all right. Be honest with the executives to say, hey, this data is 85% accurate, 90% accurate, we're missing A, B, and C, and we're striving on getting better. But let them know that it's not 100% accurate if it's not. I don't think data could ever really truly be 100% accurate because 
the minute you hit print or export, you know, things change, things continue to move on. And so it's only live and real for a few minutes. So give yourself a break. One thing that I would say, the first thing that you want to focus on for improving metrics for recruiting is to improve the quality of candidates. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice, right? (laughs) How do I improve the quality of candidates? Oh, sure, Wendy, I'm getting all these candidates. I'm getting 50 candidates a day, but none of them are qualified to even fit for the minimum requirements of this role. Well, you really should be thinking to yourself, well, what, what in my job ad is attracting all these people? Um, I do want to say these days, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the early 2022. We want to get as many people as possible. And I personally even say, hey, let's lower our requirements a little bit. And what I mean by that is in the past, we would say our requirements are a master's degree in this, 10 years of experience. Well, let's be realistic. Was that ever really a true requirement or was that just a wish list? It was probably a wish list. What's the difference between having uh, a master's degree and 10 years experience or a master's degree and five years of experience? What's the big difference? You have to even be careful with that because when you are putting more years of experience than are required, you may actually be do, be doing like reverse age discrimination because you may say, oh, I don't want 20-year-olds. I want 30 or 40-year-olds. And so you have to be careful that your job ad itself is not causing some kind of discrimination, even if it's not illegal discrimination, hopefully not intentional. On the same thing, same note, okay, if you're requiring 10 years of experience, then why are you requiring also a master's degree? You know, there could be equivalent of a bachelor's degree plus X amount of years of experience is equivalent to a master's degree. So I don't want you to knock down your requirements and say, oh, we'll take, you know, less than people, but make sure they're being realistic because again, your competitors are already doing this. And There's not that many people out there. We're all hunting for the same people. So you want to make your job ad very, very clear of the minimum requirements of the job, the true minimum requirements, not just what the department manager says. Ask questions, dig deeper, you know, really get into what does this role actually need versus what would we ideally um, prefer to hire because your ideal may not exist or maybe taken by somebody else already. So improving the quality of candidates is first updating, possibly shredding, and then rewriting the entire job description. You know, what are the essential duties? What are the non-essential duties of the job? What are the requirements of the knowledge, skills, and abilities of the job? What is the pay? Total compensation really matters. Um, I also encourage you to make sure you put in the job description what your company values are because that will be the expected behaviors of the uh, person that you're going to hire, of all the people that you're going to hire. So I like to just put it right in the job description. Then I take that job description and I turn that job description into a marketing miracle. (laughs) And what I mean by that is I use the job description for the job ad But then, of course, we still need to make it a sales piece and a marketing piece. We'd never want to lie on there. You will get yourself in major hot water. But we definitely want to make sure that the job description that becomes the job ad 
also sells the company. We're a great organization. Here's our benefits. Here are our locations. Work from home. Um, you know, reduce work schedule. Whatever the, it makes it really cool about your organization, including your company values. If you have you know, if you're growing fast and these aren't replacement positions, say that in your job ad. These are new roles because we are growing versus we have turnover. You don't want to be saying that, but you do want to be honest when candidates do ask you, hey, why is this role being replaced? You can't obviously tell people why you terminated someone else or why they voluntarily terminate it. Um, there may be some legal ground there that you don't want to discuss, but be fairly honest of, okay, we had some policy issues, we had some uh, process issues, we had some management issues, but we have resolved them and we are ready to move on and start um, hiring people and rebuilding this department. Uh, transparency, again, I can't stress this enough, it goes a long way. Once you do start and you know improving your job ads, remember your job description becomes your job ads, uh, make sure that you start then tracking how many app applicants applied per uh, requisition, per job posting. Were they increased applicants or less applicants than you know two months ago? What is the quality of the applicants? So I'm more concerned about tracking quality applicants per requisition versus just applicants. So how do you change the quality? First, like I said, you change the job ad uh, slash job description. But second, I don't want you to make it so complicated that it takes somebody 25 minutes to apply to your job ad. That is insanity at its best. It always was and it definitely is now. But it should only take a couple minutes for somebody to apply to your job ad, especially if it's a professional role. Uh, it should be their basic information. Uh, you don't need their full address. You don't need to know where they went to high school and college. It should be their very quick basic information, their name, their email, attach a resume, and then maybe answer one or two questions. Submit. You can then have them in the first interview or second interview, full, fill out a complete job application if you desire. Here's my question with the job application. Why are you having them fill out a job application? If everything's on their resume and you're asking all this information, why are you having them fill out a job application? I'll tell you why. Most people just want them to sign off on that little statement at the end that says, Hi, my name is John Doe, and I didn't lie about anything on this application, and I, I agree if you find out later that I've lied that you have the right to terminate me. Why don't you just put that in another statement? Why don't you just put that in the offer letter or in something with a new hire, orienta a new hire um, you know, uh, paperwork process? Why make them fill out a 14-page or 3-page or even 2-page application that has all the same information that's already on their resume? Side note there, that drives me crazy. But not only that, if you're asking just for their information, their resume, and only asking them to answer three or four questions, like, do you have this license that's required, yes or no? If they say no, boom, they're automatically rejected. There you go. You're done with them. They're done with you. Everybody's good. You want to make it a lot more professional than that, right? Uh, do you have three years of experience? This is required by our state mandate, whatever that might be, yes or no. Now you have that answer. Can you work remotely? Yes or no. Can you work in the, this state and city? Yes or no. Make it very easy for the applicant to apply and hit that submit button. And then you could ask all the other questions 
when you're actually doing an interview. You could follow up with another application type question. It could be an email. It could be some kind of applicant tracking system that sends out automatic questions for you. So you can have stages. You don't have to make them sit there for 25 minutes to fill out a job application. Many candidates abandon it because it's frustrating. And also keep in mind, many candidates are doing this on their phone. And so if they're having to fill out these little, all these squares and everything on their phone, they may just abandon it and say, I'll do this later. And then they don't. The other thing you want to track in order to continue to improve the quality of your candidates is qualified applicants per source. So, oh, we've used Indeed, we've used ZipRecruiter, we've used LinkedIn, we've used the unemployment office, whatever else you use. How many qualified applicants are coming to you from their source, from that source per X requisition, you know, per receptionist, per mechanical engineer? And if it's not working, backtrack, see if there's anything you can improve in the job description, including total, total compensation, and or abandon that, res that resource only for that job requisition, not for all of your job requisitions. Next, what I want to talk about is the speed of filling roles. We'll address that in the next section. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.